This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Which now brings us to Christian McCaffrey. And clearly him not touching the ball enough in week one was an issue. It was almost like Matt Rule fell in love with the idea of Baker Mayfield going out and trying to beat the Cleveland Browns. Baker yeah. Mayfield himself is now having to answer questions for why he had so many passes batted down versus Cleveland. And he's trying to make jokes about, you know, how his parents, you know, blame them. He should have been a little taller and whatnot. This has to be a big hands up game for the Giants. But when it comes to covering Christian McCaffrey, Paul, upon my rewatch, Boy, did Austin Calitro stink at times. And Tate Crowder was really good in the run, but he even, you know, pass coverage was very suspect. I don't know if this is going to mean more Mike and McFadden this week. I got to imagine Giants coaches are seeing a lot on the tape with what happened with Austin Calitro as well. But any of our linebackers in that space having to worry about wheel routes or anything else that goes with Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you're talking about yeah, this easily could be 14 points on the table from Christian McCaffrey big plays that, again, in these kind of games could be the difference between winning and losing. Consider that Hilliard uh, caught two touchdown passes against the Giants last weekend, you know, coming out of the backfield. That's not a pleasant thought when you know that McCaffrey is staring you in the face. Obviously, he beat Calitro on the left seam route, and then he leaked out on the wheel route, and Crowder was just way behind the play. Uh, the Giants only gave up one pass play of more than 27 yards last week, and it was the 31-yard touchdown to Hilliard. I mean, that that kind of shows you the danger zone that they're going to have in the middle of the field with their interior linebackers trying to handle McCaffrey. My solution for this, and I believe that Wink Martindale is certainly smart enough to do it, would be to go to a three-safety package. Just rely on one linebacker on the field. If it's going to be Crowder, fine. Let him stay on the field, all right? I'm not talking about edge rushers. I'm talking about the interior backers. Let Crowder stay on the field and bring in a third safety. If it's got to be Tony Jefferson, then make it Tony Jefferson and have him spy on McCaffrey because you cannot afford to let that guy run wild in open space. It's a poison pill, Sean. Yeah, it's a a poison pill. There's your Paulism. It's a poison pill today. It absolutely is. Uh, this week. And with that, you know, one more on the injury note when it comes to what the packages were covering CMC. I don't mean to mock the guy because I hope he ends up being a really good player for the Giants, a Julian Love-like player. But following the Giants beat as close as I do, Paul, you would think that, you know, Dane Belton was drafted to be Troy Palomalu the way we're, you know, getting amped up that he's getting, you know, the red jersey's getting shedded. He could make <laughs> his debut. I mean, let's calm down with Dane Belton getting a lot of reps as the third safety. I know he looked good at times in camp, but that's a guy who missed almost all of camp if yeah. he did get hurt. 
Uh, what kind of role do you envision for a Dane Belton when the team does have Pinnock now and jo and Tony Jefferson? Well, P Pinnock was limited at practice yesterday. So so I don't know what his availability is going to be. Obviously, he recovered that uh, Muff uh, special teams return right. the other day, which was a really nice play for him. If Belton had been healthy throughout training camp, he would have been the third safety. And to right. be honest with you, they may have never claimed Jefferson or, or signed Jefferson. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I understand that. And he would be the perfect guy to fit into this role that I'm talking about. The question becomes, with such limited practice time, how much can you expect to get out of him this week? Now, there's one caveat to this, Sean, and that's that's and I'm gonna throw this at you because it's still a possibility. If you're going to tell him strictly to spy on McCaffrey, well, that doesn't take a lot of game planning. Right. It doesn't require – because you're not playing zone and you're not doing a lot of communication no, with anybody. Man. You're taking a man. I kind of think that might be the best way to go. So maybe Belton could be part of this equation if all you right. just have him spy. All right. So now, look, first of all, a guy playing his first ever game that wasn't a first round pick, second round pick, third round pick to say, here, you're going to spy Christian McCaffrey all game after not having any of training camps, a big problem. But Paul, the reason I, this is a long way of like throwing a little fish bait out there for you on Monday's podcast, because I now have a theory on this. You talked about how much time Kadarius Tony had missed. And that was a reason that he had a very limited part of the game plan. Yes. And I, and I, I've learned to buy that, and I have a theory on that that I'm going to spin you forward. But if I see a lot of Dane Belton on Sunday after being injured, why would he be playing almost by different rules than Kadarius Tony with having limited reps, knowing what we know about Tony on the field and the unknown with Belton? You know what I mean? Like why? Well, that's why easy. That's easy because okay. if a wide receiver uh, is required to know the playbook, especially with the complex offense that the Giants run, and he makes a mistake, that's an interception. It's a turnover. The thing with Belton, if you're going to use him in the spy capacity this week, he doesn't have to know as much of the playbook. If he's just going to man up okay. and spy a guy, look, that's your guy. You shadow him. That's not as complicated as what Tony needs to know on the other side of the ball. It's just not. Okay. I mean, but there does come a point in time where a guy is that explosive a playmaker. I Again, I know that. Well, he's let, not, let, let me put it this way, Sean. I'm not, I'm not advocating that Belton take that role this right. week. I'm just saying it's possible. I would okay. probably feel more comfortable if Jefferson were doing it, to be frank with you. So here's my thoughts on Tony, okay? Because I think Kadarius Tony, now if the Giants are going to go forward and really start humming on offense, I, I, with all due respect to David Sills and Richie James, Tony's going to have to be a, a factor in this. He just has to be if we are going to want more explosive plays and, hit it, and, you know, as teams now start, start to stack the box versus Saquon and whatnot, like Tony is that kind of guy. So, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You brought up that Kadarius Tony with the miscamp and all that time. Kadarius Tony, I thought, had a really good answer. I think it was Renan that answered, asked the question about, you know, are you frustrated with your role? 
And Tony didn't take the bait like Odell might have back in the day. And he had a great answer. How could you be disappointed with winning? Which is a great answer. It's what you want. He's not acting like a prima donna. It's almost like everybody wants Kadarius Tony to act like a true diva. And he's not taking the bait in doing so. So I appreciated that. That showed a little maturity. My theory on Tony now is this. If everything you said to me on Monday is true about Kadarius Tony and missing all his time in camp, and the Giants had all those kind of design plays for him and he was involved, and, you know, the game play, uh, you know, whatever, game planning, everything goes into it. I wonder if there's a piece of this Giants staff with Dable, with Joe Shane, uh, Kafka, that all know, hey, this is a guy last year as a rookie, Whatever people said about him from the previous regime, he missed a lot of time with injuries. And it wasn't just one injury. It was like four or five different things by the end of the year he was banged up. He did miss a lot of time. He was missed like a lot of time. Church, John. Missed a lot of time. Now he comes in in this training camp, you know, wasn't at that original mini camp, but then came, ends up showing up at training camp, looks good, then gets hurt again. I think deep down there might be a belief inside that giant room from this coaching staff and this regime, hey, we want to test this guy's mentality a little bit and send him a message like this. Are there injuries that Tony had where maybe they thought hmm, he could be practicing or or working his way back to practice a little quicker? And maybe he thinks, you know what, I'm going to lay I'll play the game, that kind of idea. And that maybe this is a situation by week one, giving him that kind of role was the message to Tony. You're banged up a lot. Let's test your toughness here. How much can you start practicing and playing through and not just sit back and think things are going to be handed to you? Where maybe it's a little test to Tony's will that he's trying to answer that. And now maybe when Tony has a little Nick, you know what? I'm out there. I'm practicing something like that. That to me now seems like a sensible theory that this staff is basically using this as a tool to get the most out of Tony with how many injuries he supposedly has dealt with. I cannot, uh, I cannot follow that line of thought. Uh, what I saw last week was a situation where he was going to be limited anyway. We, we kind of, again, because of the snap count. And Richie James, who has been with the Giants the entire offseason and knows the playbook like the back of his hand and was producing, clearly he was outside of the Shepard long touchdown, was the most productive wide receiver that the Giants had in the game. They're well, all, to Paul, behind, John. Paul, he had five catches. All right, yeah. one, one of them was that play at the end of the first half that didn't matter. Two others were on like third and where they weren't going to get a first down anyway. Richie James was fine. And then he dropped a huge pass for him. He dropped a big a third down conversion is what he let's, dropped. And, and that was terrible. All I'll say about this is, and I understand that Tony has his warts. Let's let's calm down on thinking Richie James is a Monty Toomer here too. All right. Oh, no, no. Nobody's yeah. saying that. But what no, you got to remember is that he knows the offense. He's a smart player. And they trust him to know exactly what to do. And unfortunately, because of the complexities of this offense, they've got to have complete trust and faith that you've got this sucker down or you're not going to be able to get out there and necessarily run everything that they want you to run. And they were down in the game trying to make a comeback. The last thing in the world they want is somebody making a mental mistake. They trusted James not to make a mistake. Then let's just have a conversation fan to fan here as a giant fan. You hear that. Tony wasn't practicing. Well, I mean, where'd he go? Siberia? He wasn't reading the playbook? Like, I understand that it's in-depth and complex. Shouldn't that be the one thing that Tony knows really well when he wasn't on the field is the freaking playbook? Not not, not the same because timing is such an important part of what they do. If you can't in this offense, and it's with many offenses, it's not just this one in particular, but if you don't have the physical reps 
to get that timing in sync with the quarterback. It doesn't matter how much book study you've done and how much you may think you know. It's also the physical muscle memory and the actual actions of what you do on the field. The truth of the matter is, Tony and Daniel Jones have not had even a fraction of work together as Jones did with James. And I, I believe, being that they were trying to climb uphill and trying to come back in the second half, they just all felt they're more comfortable with the guy who's going to be in sync with the quarterback. Now, I, again, I think this whole Tony story is a lot of big to do about nothing. And I think that once this kid gets himself squared away and has all the oil going on on his wheels and his engine, he's going to be fine. I, I, I just don't right. see, I don't see the, the deal. I just don't see it.